everyone. This is Ayo Deli of Bossy Bruja. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Bossy Bruja and at BossyBruja.com. Today I have my sister witch friend, Ms. Rhiannon from the Hags Cottage. You can find her on Instagram at the Hags Cottage. Are, do you have a, a website? Do I have a what? A website? No, not yet. I'm working on my website currently, but I do have a Facebook where people can um, book consultations with me directly, and I'm always open to DMs. Perfect. Oh, you still got open DMs. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all better jump on that. <laughs> a lot of professional workers who have closed down the DMs. Okay, so I'm so excited to have you on. Finally, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? This has been a long time. I said finally, right? This has been a long time yeah. in the making. No. <laughs> I think we've been talking about this for months. <laughs> so we have a lot of um, interesting things that we're going to touch on today. Um, yeah. But I think the major um, or the overarching theme of this episode is going to be about um, how to approach deities appropriately for work and worship. We're also going to be talking about um, respecting your gifts and giving them time to grow, actually practicing them so that you can develop them um, in, you know, to prepare yourself to bring them to the world. Um, so, Rhiannon, I would love it if you could give everybody um, a little bit of an idea of who you are and what you do over at the Hags Cottage. Yeah. Um, so I have been a practicing witch since I was 12. So for about, uh, how long? I'm not, 13 years. <laughs> Forgot how old I was for a second. I was like, wait, what? Go tell me all. So since then, I have been doing like so many things. I have tried my hand at everything. I've tried my hand at green magic. I've tried my hand at um, sea magic, folk magic. I've done so much because I gave myself that time to experiment. And I was really, really young when I started. Um, the Hag Cottage is something I like really wanted to do since I was little. Um, but I was always on the fence about it because when I grew up, um, I was told, like, you needed to focus on making the money and then follow your dreams. Like, money first, dreams after. <laughs> so, yeah, right? <laughs> so I always put it off. And then it wasn't until, like, uh, last year, actually, that I was doing a bunch of readings for myself, my guides, my gods. Everybody was telling me, like, stop what you're doing and start your business. So I did. <laughs> Uh, sure, I'm happy they did. <laughs> Me they too. Did. My my money didn't get right until I started following my dreams. I don't know, you know, how it is for other people, but yeah. I think that 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 um advice is really flawed. You know, like yeah. go after the money and then follow your dreams. I don't even know mm-hmm. if that approach would give you the fire and the energy you would need to cultivate whatever you desire, whatever your dreams are. I think it's backwards for sure. Yeah, um, sure. You know, especially if you wanted it from a, an early age. I I really mm-hmm. do wish, and this probably doesn't have, this is less about witchery and more about 
humanity, maybe, but I wish that <laughs> parents would do a better job of encouraging the entrepreneurial spirit in their children, especially when it shows up early in, instead of crushing it, you know, with, with their own yeah. fears. I, you know what I mean? But we, we do what we know, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in South Jersey. <laughs> Mm, um, nice. And everyone has this picture of Jersey that I think is so funny because everyone imagines that it's like this nasty, like tar-filled city place, and it's really not. It's like it's called the Garden State, and I grew up mm. with a forest in my backyard, like a state forest was in my backyard, mm. and so when I was little, like I used to just run around barefoot in the woods, and you know, like. Yes, as it should be, like a real witch should. Okay, I love that. That's amazing. And do you you have any witches around you? Like how how was it that you started your magical practice at age twelve? So I was um I was a very like lonely and very like isolated kid because now I had the state forest as my back uh, as my start, but like we kind of lived in the middle of the forest, so there weren't many other people around me. And I went to a school that was really far away from where I actually lived. So um, I spent most of my time when I wasn't like outside being weird, <laughs> um, like in a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, yeah. So I actually like my mom, what she would do is she would give me money and she'd be like, all right, I'm gonna leave you here all day. I'll pick you up at six o'clock. It's nine o'clock right now. So get to it. And wow, I would amazing spend, mother. <laughs> I would spend all day in the bookstore, and um, it, they're closed down now. But Borders was actually like my favorite bookstore oh. in the world, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I found I wandered into their occult section, and I saw this deck of cards um, that I think is out of print now. It's called the Fairy's Oracle. And I looked at this deck and like, I could feel this deck. I could feel these fairies. I could feel this, these cards. And I like basically heard them talking to me and I just knew mm-hmm. that deck I was going to get. And then I needed that deck. I didn't know why. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I just needed that deck of cards. And yeah. so I saved up my little money. I hustled. I, I worked. It took me like, months to get up enough money for that deck of cards I think it was like $25 but like (laughs) right that was a lot of money back in the day though yes (laughs) like that took me a bit (laughs) and I I bought the deck (laughs) and that was really it for me (laughs) the fairies uh were a huge part of the beginning of my practice as well I started when I was 17 And mm-hmm. and I one of my first decks was also a fairy oracle deck. Um, the other one was a, a goddess oracle. But I've I've read with those same mm-hmm. cards for the last fourteen years. And really, <laughs> yes, the fairies. The fairies. First of all, they play too much. But the fairies <laughs> are so are so fun. They they're so playful. The tricksters, yes. obviously, but. So playful, so fun. I always tell people, um, for as long as I've had that deck, like the goddess deck feels a lot like it's very gentle. Like I'm talking to one of my cancer ruled friends or like one of like a mom, one of my mamas. 
Yeah. And the fairy deck is like your sisters, your homegirls, your best friends. Like that's how they've always communicated with me. And when I was yeah. 17, one of the things that I often did was to walk into the woods as well. I grew up, I'm from Rochester, New York, so upstate. But when I was oh, around okay. 10, 11, we moved. Yeah, girl, we saw your neck of the woods. <laughs> or, you know, close <laughs> to you. Um, but when I was around 10 or 11, we moved to North Carolina, uh, Greensboro. Um, so people always ask me, what's up with your accent? Like, why sometimes when, I, when I'm mad, I sound like I'm from New York, but then you'll hear this twang in my voice <laughs> because <laughs> I was in North Carolina around all these Southerners by age 10, 11, and mm-hmm. there was a huge man-made lake, Hamilton Lake over in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, so if anybody's in that area, go to that lake. I've done some amazing magic over there. I also, <laughs> or it's maybe more a pond, it's kind of small, but um, another place is Haw River. That's down on your way to Durham. But anyway, so I would go out once, like, I was old enough to, like, leave the house without having to give a full detailed explanation to my mom. I would mm-hmm. just get up every morning, walk out of the door, and walk all the way down. I had to cross a major street and then walk through a neighborhood, and I was in this little this forest. And yeah. that is the going out, being with the trees. Mm-hmm. What being there's some water. <laughs> if anybody ever had a a question about how to you know start to to awaken that inner magic, I think going out into nature, specifically a wooded area can do so much can do so much yeah. for your inner you know your inner witch and to awaken your inherent magic so did your mama know that this was going on like did you come back oh. from the bookstore with like a, a stack of occult books like hey mom look what I found yeah she she did I mean she like left me to my own devices for the most part I mean my mom and I don't have a great relationship, but, like, when I was, I basically got treated like an adult, like, since I was, like, born, which, you know, I'm thankful for now, but, like, at the time, I didn't really know that that was not normal, so, you know, my <laughs> mom, <laughs> when my mom was, like, all right, you know, go, if you want to buy something, like, that's kind of pricier, because the books that I was getting, like, my mom got me books basically to keep me entertained because that was really all that I would do was I would read books when I was home and I wasn't outside. So when she gave me that money, it was like, all right, go entertain yourself. But like, if I wanted something that was more than like $5 or something like that, she was like, well, you're grown, you know, find a way to get that money. And I did. <laughs> okay. So she did cultivate indirectly. She did cultivate that entrepreneurial spirit. She, she made you a go getter. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love that you turn to books rather than to television. I I think I have a, you know, a similar thing. My mom wasn't really a big show watcher. She would watch like those um shopping shows like where you could buy things yes. off the of TV. Oh my god. But yeah. besides that, it was books. It was the way that I because I'm I'm loving how I think our stories parallel a little bit because for <laughs> you it's like drop off at the bookstore, go read something. For me, at age 16, I had my first, um, and I wouldn't have said depression at the time or my first experience with depression, but I was in a, a funk. It was just like a funk that would not lift. And my mother's solution to that was we're going to the library. So we went to a library that was right around the corner from our house. And my mom walked in the door with me and she said, 
go find something to read. And that was the way that she helped me resolve my emotional issues. And um, I did, I, you know, was kind of dragging my feet and not really, not really interested in anything. Um, so she yeah. grabbed a book off of the shelf and handed it to me over her shoulder and said, "Here, read this." And the book was called "When Lightning Strikes" by Jenny Carroll. Jenny Carroll's—that's um, her pseudonym. Her other um, more recognized uh, pen name is Meg. Cabot or Cabot, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but she wrote The Princess Diaries, and she is so hilarious. I mean, (laughs) reading this book, I didn't even know that books could be funny. (laughs) So tell me, what was one of the, (laughs) but after, you know, after reading that book, because the book is about um, this girl who has some type of psychic abilities, um, either that or she can, like, see um, the disembodied, so she can see spirits. Um, and communicate with them or something like that. But that movie was, I mean, that, that it was like a movie in my head. But that book was so damn funny. Oh, my goodness. So tell me one of the books, or a few of the books, however many you want to tell us, um, <laughs> that really sparked your witchiness. Um, so when I first started out, I kept reading a bunch of books. Like, I was all about the book's life. I wanted to read everything. Um so the first one that I got was called Working with Fairies, and I don't remember who it was by, but I remember, like, the cover has, like, this really horrible, like, uh, like MS basic paint, like, fairy on the front, <laughs> and it's really funny looking, but that was, like, the <laughs> first book that I read, and then the other one uh, was, um, and this one I suggest for anybody who's trying to, like, just get their feet into uh, Sea Magic, just as a beginning course, is Sea Magic by Sandra Kimes. That is a really, really good book. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that book was super interesting. Um, it has a lot of information, like a lot of information. Um, yeah, those are really the two books that, like, got me started. Word. And tell us um, about Sea Magic, because I, I I don't think I've ever practiced Sea Magic. What is yes. What is Sea Magic? So sea magic is, um, so you know how sometimes when you're doing magic and sometimes you use water or you'll have something oh, hell yeah. that has water in it. Yeah, something that has water in it. So sea magic is a lot different than that. It is not just having water in your practice. It is understanding different elements and different parts of the ocean that make the ocean the way it is and harnessing that energy and using it in your magic and sea magic is very very hard and very hard to control because like the ocean you can't really control it you have to move with it and you have to learn how to work with those energies so I don't actually usually suggest sea magic for a lot of beginners I usually suggest it for people that have been doing some kind of basic magic for a little bit and understand the principles of magic because mm-hmm. you can get really, really in over your head doing sea magic if you just want to straight up start doing that. Right. Good. I'm glad you're saying that because Yeah. <laughs> some people try to start with the hard stuff, which I don't you know, I don't think I don't recommend either. So um would you would you think that it's uh, okay for folks to read the book that you recommended, Sea Magic or yeah. Okay. Definitely. So they can read it, but maybe give themselves a little bit of time 
um, to practice yeah. and to develop some understanding of magic before uh, jumping into the sea. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Like maybe learn how to swim before you go um, sail on the ocean. Maybe that would be helpful. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So tell me more about the hag spotted because I heard you say earlier this is something that you wanted to do for a really long time. What all do you yeah. offer people? Um, and what is your, what's your mission? Like, what's your goal? What are you working towards? And, and what are you wanting to um, give to the community? So my mission is to offer unapologetic magic and witchcraft. Uh, because mm-hmm. I am okay. a very unapologetic, a very blunt, a very straightforward person. I'm not going to sugarcoat things for you I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that you can just put in half of an effort and expect all these results back because that's something that I that has always bothered me in magic is that there are these people that think they can just come in here do one money spell and then their life is suddenly abundant and (laughs) they have everything that they want and I'm like girl what are you doing (laughs) Like, right, that, that doesn't work anywhere. That. No, it doesn't sure work anywhere. Doesn't. I think especially not in magic. That's not how it goes oh. at all. No, forget and everything I, Hollywood has told yeah. you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing is that I want to. My mission is to make normal the the harder aspects of witchcraft. The Sitting and grinding animal bones because you need that for a spell and doing the nitty gritty and the dirty stuff that everybody labels as dark magic or black magic and all that stuff and just like explain to people that there is no such thing as black magic. There's no such thing as dark magic. Energy is just energy. Right. And that. I I read this. um, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and just that like you can. You can do any spell that you want, but you need to understand that there are consequences to spells that you do and that, yep. like, everything has a price, every single thing, and you have to be willing to pay that because so many people are getting into witchcraft now and they're not thinking about the real consequences of what they're doing. Right. Right. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Especially when it comes to, to other people. Especially when it comes to other people. Um, oh, no, I was, I read this um, quote. It was cute. I can't remember who said it, but they said, white magic is poetry and black magic is any magic that works. <laughs> so, right. You know, the things that maybe do, you know, turn people off. Like I, one of my, um, one of my girlfriends called me and she she was asking me she's in Santera and she was like do you have a problem with blood like you know she's she's encouraging me all the time like you should really consider initiating and blah blah, blah. and I'm like no I don't have a problem with blood I'm a woman like I bleed every month you know what I'm saying yeah. to see an animal bleeding I don't have a problem with that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, yeah there are definitely some some paths that do require you to have you know some grit and some work ethic okay i think maybe all paths require it but the magic that i've done in my life that has been effective has required me to make sacrifices not even you know like real 
when I say sacrifices in this instance, I'm talking about some difficult decisions in order to mm-hmm. commit myself to whatever I am working towards magically. It has also required that I work consistently. When I, and it's like, it's almost, you know, silly at this point, but when I was younger, I really, I would cast a spell, it would work, and then I would be confused <laughs> that it's not. <laughs> Like they said, not continuing, you know, but it's like, well, you can work out, drop the weight, look amazing, but if you don't continue with the lifestyle and the work and the commitment and putting, like, you still have to go in. There are things that you can do to maintain what the the um, work that you've already gotten going, the momentum you've already developed, but you, you surely have to continue putting something yeah. in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree. There are people who come and they're like, I, I tried this oil and... You know, I got a couple little things, but it's not working anymore. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with it? You know, are you just yeah. putting it on? Have you ever taken a spiritual bath in your life? You know what I'm saying? Um, are, are you doing yeah. any burns? Is there a candle burning right now? Are you using the glass? Are you using the wax? You know what I'm saying? How about mm-hmm. the floors? Have you washed those? And, you know, I can always tell, um, one, either where people's work ethic is, and then in some cases where the faith is, because sometimes yeah. it's very telling <laughs> where the, yes. you know, the, the faith is. Um, anyway, so yeah, magic is not a magic pill. I, I say it like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So working with Sea Magic, are there any deities that you work with that either own or live in the sea or any any spirits so um currently well kind of yeah actually um right now hecate um a lot of people don't know this but hecate is also um on top of being the goddess of witchcraft and basically everything she is also the goddess of the sea um so right yeah (laughs) yes i didn't know that (laughs) i have I have a statue to her in my kitchen currently. And Hecate came to me when I was in a very tough spot um, a little over a year ago. And she said, here's what you do. And I will get you out of here. But after you do this, I'm going to need us to have a consistent relationship. I'm not just going to fix this problem for you and then step back out of your life. It's like, I will fix this for you, but then our relationship keeps going. You keep offering me this devotion. You keep offering me this energy, these mag- this magic, the spells, these offerings. And I made that deal with her because she got me out. Like, she got me out right quick. <laughs> I know that's right. Perfect. I always think of if you're working with any, because I, you know, I have, I've worked in a lot of different witch shops. So I'm constantly around other witches at, at various stages in their practice um and i've heard people straight up just it's ridiculous but i'm going to tell you i probably have i don't know if i've shared this story on uh, the podcast yet but i've had people straight up tell me um yeah i I called on um papa legba to deal with this person because they were flirting with my boyfriend like i've heard things like this and oh I'm God. just like, little girl, <laughs> like, you, first of all, get away from me. <laughs> I, you know, right. something come like you, I try to get it out there, you know. But, you know, I tell people, listen, you're going to be, you know, messing around with any of these gods, 
just leave it. African ones alone, but that's just like, they don't play. But I definitely agree with that. To me, it's like you really need to be ready to develop a very close and intimate bond um, if you're going to be calling on these these gods. Like, it's not, to me, there's no there's no worship or there's no work without worship. Those come together, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, so you really need to be <laughs> willing to do that. And then there are some goddesses that are like, um, I'm your one and only, you know? Yes. Or there are some that are almost, like, that come to you that are like, I'm number one, okay? And you <laughs> yeah. have to know, the, the, you know, the temperament and, and the personality and um, how they expect things to, like, you need to know the expectations. Um, do that through yes. your research, but definitely, definitely do that through beginning to develop a relationship have the conversation sit down meditate what however they come to you however they communicate to you be obedient um mm-hmm. and also you know um i think it's i think it's important to you know to do read things and maybe even listen to what other devotees may have to say but before there's any work done unless they come to you like they yeah. come to Rihanna and, and said i'm gonna help you out but listen this is terms of the uh, agreement okay um definitely yes. want to put in that work to develop the relationship first just like you wouldn't walk up to a random stranger and ask them you know to fix something for yes. you without a relationship you know yeah and people never think about that and like a note about the um deities in particular think about the ocean Think about the energy of the ocean. How is the ocean? The ocean can be calm one second and then crazy another. Now, imagine that mm-hmm. personified in a deity. And you have Oof. to understand that that is their temperament. That When you come to an ocean deity, that is their natural temperament. So if you can't handle that, then do not approach that deity. And, like, can I share a story really quick? I haven't told anybody yes, about this story. Yes, please do. Like, okay, so... I, um, one thing I do also offer um, with very select students is depending on their gifts, I will start teaching people and help them because my guides and my gods are very particular as into who I will welcome into my life and into my energy and into Mm -hmm. my stories and all that stuff. So um, I had a student once that I was helping her break a generational curse that was really, really important because this curse had been actually killing members in her family, women in her family, once they reached age 25. Like, oh, almost, wow. Like, yeah, it was scary stuff. Like, she lost her sister. She lost her mom. She lost her grandma. She lost her aunt. She lost every single woman in her family at 25. And mm. when she reached out to me, she, was, she had just turned 24. So she was kind of panicking and Mm -hmm. she had a lot of weird, crazy stuff that would happen. So I was working with her and teaching her how to break this curse herself, how to heal herself, how to heal her family. And um, one of the sea uh, goddesses that I was working with at the time, I'm not going to say her name because she is from a closed culture and like, Mm -hmm. y'all just can't approach her all willy nilly. So um, just as just a warning, she did not like this student of mine for whatever reason. She didn't like her. So um, one day, my student told me that she went out. She had gone to. She was in Hawaii, so she had gone to oh, like one of shit. the. 
<laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he, <laughs> he had gone to one of their local, like, waterfalls, because apparently in Hawaii, you can, like, just swim in waterfalls if they're, like, open to the public, which is crazy, right? Like, <laughs> that was dangerous. And, yeah, and um, my students, like, texted me and said, hey, I saw this really weird woman at the waterfall that I was at, and she was, like, glaring at me, and she oh, was giving no. me strange, yeah, she was giving me strange looks, and she was asking me to come over and talk to her, and I got a really bad vibe from her, so I didn't, and then my student said that she got in her car, and the moment she got in her car and backed out, another car came and just out of nowhere and T-boned her, and oh, shit. She had a concussion. She was in a neck brace or whatever. And, like, I talked to my that, that goddess, and I was like, what the heck? And she was like, I just don't like her. And I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> you can't. You can't be doing that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> But, like, that wow. is something that I want people to know is that that kind of stuff happens. Like, that's not just in Hollywood. That's not whatever. When you are messing with or talking to and welcoming ancient deities and ancient energies into your life they will manifest and they will do some crazy shit <laughs> right yep 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 yep, yep. <laughs> everybody can't come okay everybody is not invited to the party oh, that's one of the things that my um my santera friend was actually it's maxine i'm talking about she she was on one of our episodes um here mm-hmm. on the bossy brew podcast as well but she was telling me like everybody is not the orisha do not invite everybody everybody nope. is not <laughs> you know everybody <laughs> is not welcome and mm-hmm. i never thought of that until she said it like wow yeah which i, I <laughs> after she said it it seems obvious but you know Yes. But then there's also, um, you'll hear, I know you know Jessica Winston too, but Jessica Winston will say, um, or I've seen on her post, it was months and months ago, the spirits yes. choose who they want. Yes, you know? I love her. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Every single post she has, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. She's so funny to me too. And when you listen to her on podcasts, it's pretty funny. She basically spends the whole time cracking up. <laughs> it's really fun listening to her on podcasts. Um, okay, so you selected this path for yourself after trying a, a bunch of different things. Um, so since you have started practicing sea magic, what have your results been like? Have your magic, like has your um, your abilities become stronger? Has it been easier to manifest what you want? Has your personality changed at all? And well, Tell me what your, your personal um, transformations have been. And if you want to share any aspects of your personal practice, you can go ahead and do so as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sea magic is just a small part of all the stuff that I do, but it's something I feel very, I'm very fond of. Um, when I started doing sea magic at first, I was kind of scared. Like I was getting very aggressive results and, you know, like aggressive, like I would do, um, spells to protect my house. Um, I would make certain uh, blends of salt. Like I used to hand make and uh, like crush up my salt and I would sprinkle that around my property. And like people that I knew, like my friends, they would just not come into my house anymore. Like certain Ooh. people, they would just, they would like, they would stop. 
like in my driveway and be like, hey, can we not come to your house? And I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, mm-mm, I just don't want to go to your house. And I was like, okay, guess that salt's working. <laughs> right. Okay. What the hell but, you got on like, this? Sis? <laughs> yeah. People, I would get very- people don't want to come. It's like, well, you know that meme that's like, if I burn sage and you don't want to come to my house, that means it's working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Sometimes yeah. it's not even the people themselves. Like, it may not even be a negative intention. That I mean, it may definitely be a negative intention that they have. Um, but sometimes it's shit that's on them, you know? Yeah. Something that's on them that, that doesn't want to come in. Yeah, like the all the results I was getting, they were so aggressive. Like I was just trying to do like a basic protection spell, and like my house was like turned into like a fortress. Like it was ridiculous. Everything, (laughs) everything (laughs) magic was so intense, and I it took me a while to realize that it was because I resonated so heavily, and that my energy synced up with that ocean energy so it was like it was like finding my calling in a way and I did sea magic like just strictly sea magic for a very long time and it wasn't until the last three or four years that I started moving away from it um and personality wise I think I definitely I became more selective with who I allowed into my space and I very much yeah I kept I kept everybody at a distance because I had learned that people, there there are certain types of people that will wait until they're close to you and they are as close to you as they can possibly be and then hurt you. And I mm-hmm. had seen that so much. So what I did was I would keep a wall around myself and it was the people who respected that wall and let me know, hey, I want to get closer to you because I care about you. I like you. Those were the people that got in. The other people that were like, oh, you're so defensive. You're so blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, now I know that I need to keep you over there. <laughs> you can stay over right. there. Right. Like, you, ain't, you ain't getting me. Um, right. Some of the results I've gotten, uh, oof, I just, I've done so much stuff. Like, I, like, not even to just be like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. But I've done so many crazy things. Like, I... I can't even think about it. See, Matt, I use, I do a lot of cleansing. I do a lot of cleansing for people. I do a lot of breaking generational curses, a lot of healing, because I find the ocean in particular to be very healing. So I like to use sea yeah. magic to heal people and protect. I love that. I think a lot of people could benefit from that, people who listen to the yeah. podcast, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So if anybody is interested, like some of some people have some really heavy universal or universal Jesus, ancestral um, generational things, curses on them uh, that need yeah. to be cleared up before um, you can prosper the way you want to, before you can accomplish goals that you like you want to. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I uh, experienced in my bloodline particularly with the women um was serial marriages like like women being married up to five times just really crazy and then um women having children younger and younger so great grandma having a baby at 15 grandma having a baby at 14 mom getting pregnant for the first time at 13 and then oh my god when it got to me and i'm you know i'm 30 now and i still don't have any kids i made a very 
because I've learned about general generational curses. Yes, of like age fourteen, I think. And my mother, she became she she changed when I turned twelve, <laughs> and I never understood why until I learned about generational curses. You know, and um, I learned about it in church, too. Um, But I learned about these generational curses, and I realized my mom became super-duper protective and extremely strict because she was aware of this thing. Mm -hmm. She was aware of that, you know. Um, Yeah. So knowing about, like, those those patterns, the patterns is what shows you um, any potential generational curses. But knowing about those things and handling them, can change your life for the better. You know what I mean? Yes. I became, I knew that when I started having sex that I needed to be extremely careful. I needed, I had to educate myself on how not Mm -hmm. to get pregnant. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because I was very clear from a young age, the type of um, family structure I wanted, the type of uh, man that I would be willing to have children with, my standards Mm -hmm. around being a mother. I was very clear about those things from an early age. Um, so if anybody needs work like that or if things in your life have not been working or if you look at your life and you look at your mom's life, your grandma's life, and your great-grandmother's life and you notice some some, some patterns there that are less than favorable, definitely check out Rhiannon over at The mm-hmm. Hags Cottage um, on <laughs> Instagram. And tell me, I know that Rhiannon is your spiritual name. I have been dying to ask you where the inspiration <laughs> for this came from because I love I love the song Rhiannon. I love the goddess Rhiannon. <laughs> so tell me where the um, inspiration came from. Um, so first, I mean, I never liked my birth name. I always felt mm-hmm. like it was something that just got thrown onto me, didn't really fit me. People in my life said the same thing. You don't really fit that name. That's not really who you are. And I always agreed. And I never really, it never really hit me that, like, until I was, uh, a little older than 18 that I had the power to like change my name <laughs> like that uh-huh. I, didn't have to, I didn't have to deal with this name uh, so what I did was I just I erased my name like my birth name from my mind and I was like all right what what is the name that calls to me where is my energy drawn what am I thinking what am I feeling and I wrote out a list of names and I was, like, torn between Rhiannon and another name. I don't remember what it was, but um, I was really torn between it, and I was, like, I was obsessing over it because I really wanted to, like, have my name finally. So I actually, like, left because I was, I was, like, typing things up on my computer and doing research and all the things, like, the histories of the names or whatever. And I went out to run some mm-hmm. errands, and I heard the song Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. Whoa. Three times that day. Every single store I what? started yeah, it started playing, and I was like, well, shit, this is my name. <laughs> like, this is for me. Right. <laughs> the spirits were like, uh, or Rhiannon and herself were like, this is your name, boo. This is your name. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, okay, like, don't even fret about it. Here's your name. <laughs> Here you go. Wow. That's amazing. Don't you love yeah. that? I tell people all yes. the time, like, you know, they're like, am I psychic, you know? I'm like, it's less about it's less about being whatever you think psychic is and more about opening mm-hmm. up the intuition. The messages are always yeah. happening around you. But if you're unaware, you know, if you're not, if your eyes are not open, if you're not looking, if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, you could, you could very well miss a huge message like that. 
Like here, here's the answer to that question you had earlier. It happens <laughs> incessantly. It happens all the time. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I know yeah, that you're people oh, sorry. Sorry, what are you saying? No, tell me what you said. Hmm? I was just gonna say I feel like people think that being psychic is like that's so raven where you're like, huh, I'm getting a premonition. And like nobody <laughs> like actually no, wants not to like that like, for me. Listen. <laughs> not like that for me. And also that being like those those gifts have different ways of manifesting. They manifest very differently, you know? You might be able to feel things, see things. Um, you may you may have a flash. You may have dreams. You know what I mean. You may feel mm-hmm. that something's going on or something's about to happen. One time I was driving down the street with my big sister, and we were driving down a highway in Vegas, and we had been like bumping music, just having a good time, smoking, yeah. laughing, singing Beyonce at the top of our lungs, and then suddenly <laughs> I turned off the radio. And we both became very still at the exact same time. Like, we didn't notice we were doing it until after it was done. Okay? Oh, my God. So yeah. imagine going from this super, like, super hype energy to being calm and still and both eyes, both sets of eyes looking forward, me with both hands on the wheel and with my seatbelt on, which I never wear a seatbelt. Okay? And we're driving in the car in front of us for no reason at all does a complete one on a highway does a complete one eighty turn and is now facing. Oh my facing. god. Oh my god. Right. And my little singing music smoking, drink you know, not drinking liquor. I don't drink but <laughs> like drinking water or something and looking at my sister and laughing and looking at my phone and all the shit that I do when mm-hmm. I'm driving is fully prepared for it because something stilled me. Something put my sister and I at alert without us even mm-hmm. realizing, you know, but the yeah. nature of our practices, the nature of our relationships with spirit those it just comes through you it just happens on its own naturally you give so much of yourself over to a higher power there's very little that you need to worry about you know there's very little like even some of the things that have happened to me like with my ex-husband and the thing that happened with my my car being stolen in new orleans before Mm -hmm. those things happened before they happened i was given very clear choices about which path to take do you stay Mm -hmm. in because it's almost midnight and you don't need to go outside and get no french fries right now (laughs) and you have somewhere to be first thing in the morning or are you going to go and do the thing you know what i mean i was given very clear a very clear choice between a and b Mm -hmm. and it was very clear that a was the correct Okay, and that's how spirit. That's how she does me because it's it's like you get to make the decision. It's not gonna be for for me the way that I need it, the way that my growth is set up. It's we're going to give you options, and it's going to be very clear because you're not dumb and you know what's required of you, which option is the best. But you still get to choose. We're not gonna just be like no, stay in. 
scary feeling in your gut stay in. But I know that there are people, I know for a fact that there are people who just get the scary feeling in their gut. And mm-hmm. their, the way their growth may be set up is that you need to get used to listening. You, get, you need to get used to hearing. For me, I can hear. Mm-hmm. I listen very well. For me, I have to get better at choosing the higher will. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the psychic stuff, the intuitive stuff, it's there, and it's happening all the time. Um, but the yeah. reason that it appears that some people are better at it than, you know, those people who think they're not so good at it is because you're mm-hmm. at different stages in development. You know, it's not that anybody's better. It's that you're at a different you're at a different point of developing this natural skill. Once you start listening to it consistently, the first thing I think is to start looking out for it. You ask the spirits, if you ask any of the deities a question, you have to know that the, the answer is coming. And if you put it, you ask the question, put it out of your mind, the answer will come, but you have to be on the alert for it. You have to be expecting it. I think that's the the very first step to starting to um, really strengthen the, the skill of intuition. Because I don't yeah. think it's a gift. I think it's a skill. I really do. Absolutely. What do you think? I think it is also a skill. Now, I think there are definitely varying levels of psychics and intuitives and stuff. Because there are some people that, you know, they spend their whole lives with this kind of gut feeling that, yeah, they're still psychic, mm-hmm. but they're completely different from the other person who has a very vivid image of what's going to happen and then that happens and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that like the one person might not have to develop it as much because they might just have this skill where it's just there and all they have to do is kind of practice a little bit and they've got a full-blown like they can see what's going to happen and this other person they might have just kind of an intuition or a feeling and they might really, really have to work at that. Like I think yeah. people are really different and that's okay. You know, I don't feel like there yeah. should be so much pressure for everyone to be a that's so Raven psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, I told you this earlier. <laughs> I want to know that if you could give, advice to your younger witchy self, what would you tell her? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I would tell her, number one, start writing everything down. Write all of your premonitions (laughs) down. Write down what those spirits are telling you. Write down the name of that fairy who you forgot, you know, that you met yesterday and you forgot their name, write that down because you're going to be scrambling at certain points where you're like, what was that person's name or what was that spell that I did that got me that result I wanted? Just write everything down. (laughs) I agree. I think that's amazing advice, especially for new witches, yeah, but – Especially for um, witches of color, because a lot of the ones who, you know, they're learning some some um, magical tradition or whatever, or some collection of practices that is um, oral in tradition. And uh, mm-hmm. most of what you find in some of these tasks is not written down. It's It's not written down. Or if it's written down, it's written down incomplete. I think that... Um, culturally 
is I'm a black woman in America who is from upstate New York in Rochester, where, you know, this is one of the final stops in the United States where escaped slaves came for preparation to cross over into Canada. So there was a little bit of rehabilitation that happened there to prepare them for their, you know, their final leg of the journey in the Underground Railroad. So this is a huge, like, this is a place where I'm from. And then the half, the second half of my childhood, I was in North Carolina in, in the South. Um, so my my belief and my ideal idea is that a lot of our uh, magical ancestors, especially black and brown ones, weren't writing mm-hmm. things down either because they were not able to if those those writings were found, they could be killed. You know what I'm saying? It was extremely yeah. private, extremely secret. But now we're in a place where we need this magic so yeah. much to help us to advance expeditiously, get some shit done, get some things um, accomplished, get some results for ourselves um, that we cannot afford to keep having our our descendants start over again at zero mm-hmm. when it comes to spiritual knowledge. They have to be able to reference what you, to build on what you have already discovered, what you have yes. already practiced, what you know to be effective and true. Um, and this mm-hmm. goes for all communities, obviously, but being the aversion to writing, even to this day, the aversion to reading other people's writings to compare mm-hmm. things to get to know the researcher or the author like who is this person who you're taking so much advice from that yeah. these things are important like knowing how to use books how to begin collecting your your um, data your findings um is so important i think that's amazing i love it <laughs> i love it you know and I, people need to stop being afraid of a paper and a Yes. in a pencil because that will that will transform everything for your for your bloodline if they have a place they could reference my best friend um her mother was um, a santera and she left she you know she passed i mentioned this on another podcast um mm-hmm. but her mom passed and she left all these journals to my friend so not only is my friend able to get to know her mother through her writings. She's also mm-hmm. able to get to know her mother's mind, how my mother thought, what my mother was interested in, what my mother was doing, what was working for her, what she was studying. That is of such incredible and invaluable um, <sighs> value <laughs> that it it cannot be overstated and it should definitely not be, you know, it sh- it shouldn't be overlooked. It shouldn't. I think that people more than ever, even those of us who, you know, maybe don't have the best relationships to their parents, at least want to know a little bit about them. Yeah. Especially now, you know, Absolutely. to be such an uprooted people, you don't want to keep that trend of, you know, feeling like a, a motherless child going. You don't want to keep that trend going. You have to you have to start somewhere, and I think that it definitely starts with, um, you know, it starts with us writing things down and making them available for future generations, not even just about us remembering what worked for us. It's about them knowing what works, yes. you know? 
That's really how I feel. I feel like I think about that all the time. I'm so happy we got to talk. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think about that, too. It's crazy. Yeah. I think about it all the time. I'm like, you know, my former teacher, I would tell her, why, why aren't you writing any? Like, where are your writings? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. she's a hoodoo practitioner. She, she doesn't. That's not what they do. But let me tell you something. That woman has a motherfucking memory. Woo! She got a mind like a whip. She can pull it right out the right out the ether, honey. Right out the the air. Okay, like she can pull that information right out. She knows exactly what to do. Um, but yeah, I was like, but if you pass away, then you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It would be helpful to write it down. So, anyways, we can move on to something else. <laughs> I want people to write though. <laughs> I definitely want more people writing. So yeah, I love that. I think that's great advice uh, to a younger man. And um, okay, and then um, okay. So here's my last question. I would like yeah. to know um, who in our magical community and or what inspires you most right now. Ooh, that's good one too. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, first person who inspires me is Jessica Winston of House of, House of Hoodoo. I know everybody always says this, but I am so moved by the amount of devotion and the amount of power that she has mm-hmm. that I, like, there's no one else you know, that is right now at my, like, top list. I just, it's very rare to find people that are so humble and so Mm -hmm. absolutely, like, devoted to spirit, you know, and their gods and everyone around them. You know, her spirits say jump, and she's like, how high and when, you know? That is so (laughs) so amazing to me because that that is hard. That is this is hard work. <laughs> Real hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, um, I love her too. Yes. Um Jessica, uh, there's so many Jessica. <laughs> but uh, Jessica of Bahati Lake. I don't know if you Oh yeah. Seen mm-hmm. I love her. She is such she's just like a little ray of like sunshine and I love that. She is. And she is. She I've like I've done so much astrological research. I've read so many books, so many blogs, so many everything. And she is like the best one. There is no one mm-hmm. that is able to break the stars and the cosmos and the universe down better than she can. And I'm like trying to learn. I'm like taking notes. I got notes over here. I'm like, damn, how did she know that? Like <laughs> she's an astro queen, honey. Yes. She's amazing. And- she is amazing, yes. and I love how bright and cheerful and honest she is. She's so yes. honest. She's so honest, and she is one of my um, one of the top people that I trust for um, any astrological guidance and wisdom. I always try to um, tap into her recordings. Of course, I I like um, oh what is her name? I um, Annie Ortley. I like her. I, I, of course, I love my um, Jake's astrology. He's my friend, and Annie or girl, you definitely look into her. She's she's you know, middle aged white lady or old white lady from like New York City or something. I don't know, but she's really good. She's excellent. Um, okay. I Let love Bahati Life though. She's so relatable. She's so relatable she and so is. easy to understand. 
Um, but yeah. anytime I'm about to make me a, a batch of magnetism, I go and I watch my Bahati life. I listen to the Trap Witch too sometimes. I like listening yeah. to her because her messages are so inspired. Um, mm-hmm. You can tell like when she's she's really calling something down, like she's channeling yeah. something down. You can tell that sometimes this is not just you know what she knows about the astrology. This is something's coming through, you know. So I really, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with Jessica from Bahati Life. Yeah, and like I love her story so much. Like I don't know if you like have seen her story or listened to her story, but like she was she was homeless for a while and like she had no idea what was going to happen to herself and then like she literally like manifested this dream life and like mm. pulled all this down with nothing but like a journal a sharpie and intent and if that does not inspire okay. you like I don't know what does I don't know what does I'm sure <laughs> wow I love that I didn't know her story I'll go watch it yeah, the it's like it's some of her YouTube ones. She's like talks about it a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's just powerful. Like, if you can think about how scary and how hard it is to be homeless, and then now she's got two homes and she has this amazing business and she's like living the life of her dreams. And all she did was put in her intent and manifest and work her magic every single day. Like, what else do you need to hear? Like, why are you doubting yourself? Like, it. do your magic. Yeah, I love that. I love, love, love that. I'm going to have to listen to her. Um, I'm going to have to listen to her story. Yeah. Yeah, so the Jessicas. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Winston Jessica. of House of Hoodoo and mm-hmm. Jessica of Bahati Life, B-E-H-A-T-I Life, Bahati mm-hmm. Life. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with the peeps? Um. Definitely don't be afraid to do something that is completely unheard of and do something that you can't research or that you can't find anywhere. That doesn't mean you're wrong. I have Mm -hmm. so many close friends that are doing things that are unheard of, that have gods that don't have recordings or anything written about them, but that God is real and that God shows up for them every single time. Like they had no guidelines. They had no, no map for them and they figured it out and they got themselves to where they needed to be. So don't be afraid to do something that is off the trodden path and to not have anyone that you can turn to for advice. That's okay. You know, you, sometimes you just got to figure it out. (laughs) I agree with that for sure. Definitely agree. Like, there's so many things, like, because they haven't been written down, um, you you need to go and speak to the spirits, and they'll tell you what to do. Um, And I think, like, even the things that have been written down, somebody got the idea, you know? And wherever they got it, you can get it from that place, too. Somebody had to, you know, somebody had to get the idea or hear the intuition to write those things down in the first place or notice the the natural pattern of things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do that too. I think about that a lot as well. I'm glad you said it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rhiannon. I'm really happy that we finally got to talk. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on and speak to the community. (laughs) Everybody definitely go check out Rhiannon at the (laughs) Hags 
Cottage on Instagram. Check her out on Facebook if you would like to um, sign up for some general generation I'm sorry generational <laughs> curse breaking <laughs> and some reading do you offer any um any products don't you offer products too i do um so my products are i'm not like mass um offering them it's for people that privately are like hey can i have a money oil can i have a love oil because the ingredients Perfect. that i work with are so like fickle and i can only get them in small batches because they're very right. pure they come from Europe, they come from Israel, they come from all these crazy places, so I only make in very small batches. Yes. So if y'all want some really, really potent juju, inquire in her DMs, because her DMs are so open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, I have enjoyed this podcast so much. I hope to hear you on the next one. You can bless me.